This episode of Holy Cannoli has some grown-up words that might not be appropriate for little ears. You've been warned. (laughs) (laughs) You are listening to the Holy Cannoli Podcast. It's all about making sense of life, who we are, and why we're here. Life is sacred and life is strange. And here's our dad, Tony Gapastone. And we're on. Hi, it's, everybody. <laughs> it's Holy Cannoli episode 24. And lots of numbers going to be coming at you, but it's 11, 12, 18, which means we've been married for 14 years. 14 friggity years. That's seven, seven, seven squared. I was going to say seven plus two, but no, that's seven times, times two. two and seven plus seven. Oh, my gosh. So it's two seven year itches. Oh, we better say, I just wanted to say, I'm going to put the adult language word, uh, the adult language (laughs) warning, because we already Already. talked about wanting to have some adult language on this episode. We did. Okay. So it's adult language. So um, just just for fun, I'm going to, I just want to do it right now because I just had to, that made me laugh. I almost said, it's two seven year itches, bitches. I couldn't resist that, you guys. Oh, Forgive my party mouth, Lord on high. Okay, so we have got a bunch of questions. Thank you, everybody, who put in their questions. This is going to be yeah. fun. They're super random. They're all over the board. And we're going to try to get to all of them. And we might not get to all of them. So thank you for submitting thank and your you patience and your contributions. Okay, so let's start with the food some ones. fun things. Okay, food ones. Okay. Did you say this is the Tony and Wendy Q&A? Episode? Didn't I? T&W&A? I thought I led with that. I Maybe I didn't because we've been chatting off and on. <laughs> I know. When are we recording? Right uh, now. It's recorded. We already started recording. I already cussed. Okay. Okay. Here we go. All right. Okay. So first one from Alyssa Johnson. What is your favorite kind of cannoli? Plain ricotta or chocolate ricotta? Plain shell or chocolate dipped? <laughs> Pistachios, toffee, or plain? That's a lot of, of options. options. That's delightfully go, busy, Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was a um, a shout out to Shit's Creek, which is a new TV show I'm watching. See, this is the second adult word. How do you word. spell that word? S C H I T T S. It's on Netflix, and it's I funny. really laugh a lot. Super funny. Okay, so my favorite. Well, how do you answer your favorite? Um, I would say I don't love cannoli. How I, dare you? I probably. Would only eat half of one, honestly. There's so many other desserts I like better, which is great. You have your thing. I have my stuff. But um, if I am getting one, I'm going to get a plane with um, chocolate chips on the end. Now, this this is an easy answer because I like them all, Alyssa. I love everything. I love put it in a cannoli shell. And I'm going <laughs> to eat it as long as it's not feces. Spam. <laughs> oh, <laughs> then I'm going to eat it unless it's got chocolate sprinkles on top. But I will say I like like my like my I like them all, but I'll go for like the plain ricotta, ricotta cheese, ricotta cheese because it's the simplest and purest cannoli, but I love the chocolate ones, I love the pistachio, I love chocolate with peanut crushed peanut crushed on there, but yeah. here's what I hate. Let it be known, I'm going to go on the record and I'm apologizing to Italy. I do not like maraschino, maraschino, however you say that. Al Pacino <laughs> cherries. <laughs> I don't like those fake candy 
cherries on, the end. on my cannoli. Yeah. So those should be taken off. Don't put those on my Sundays. You don't want the Sunday. residual juice. You don't <laughs> no. want it bleh, ever bleh. to be touched. I just don't like that stuff. Okay, cool. Okay. Now that we're good, let's let's move on. Another the next question, question would be let's from keep the food ones <laughs> Betty Lou, your aunt. Oh, your aunt. Cool. Basically said, Tony, can you make? This is a question right to me. So okay, this okay, is just for me. So you answer. Can you make limpa? If not, why? Question mark exclamation mark question mark. <laughs> oh, exclamation mark. I love so it. So I'm Betty really Lou. on the spot here, Betty Lou. But first of all, you're gonna have to answer this question: What the heck is limpa? Because people have a, no clue what limpa is, and then I'll answer if I make it and why I do it or not. First of all, I want anybody who does know what limpa is to raise their hand, and on the on the Facebook page, because I would <laughs> oh, love to know. Oh, use a raise your hand emoji. Yes, yes. use a raise I your hand emoji. Know if you know what that is, but it's. A kind of a tradition in our family. It's Swedish rye bread that um, doesn't really taste like rye to me, but that's how my mom would describe it probably. It's got molasses. It's got orange rind. It's got a mixture of flavors, but it see, is... Doesn't it not sound good at all, though? Those fla- those th- That recipe, you see it on a piece of paper, you're like, pass, hard pass. I will not... Orange rind and rye no. bread? Like, no. But... It's like a family favorite. It's super we tasty. Yeah. All love it. Salivate for it. My mom is the chief limpa maker, and she usually makes four loaves at a time. And if my brother's anywhere near, he'll polish off one loaf before <laughs> the rest of us even wake up in the morning. Um, and then the rest is gone within like a day or and two. And let's make sure we communicate this. This only comes around once probably no let's say twice a year maybe three times and that twice a year would be definitely at christmas if we see each other at christmas usually we do yeah and then if we get together for a summer vacation we've typically gone to tahoe together and it shows up there and and then it shows up it shows up once miraculous yeah once or twice uh, throughout the year so really you're only getting this three max four times a year okay so that's you make that's it a big deal that's a big deal why is it only happen because one it takes a lot of freaking work to make a lot of elements in that recipe and it's hard it's like hours upon hours of waiting and kneading and lumping and limping and rising and, <laughs> and yeah come on uh i am it's 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 hard enough for me to like make a regular peanut butter and jelly sandwich which that's one of the next questions so why or do i not no i don't and why because this is too much work <laughs> sorry so Betty much work. Lou. it's yeah. so much freaking work and um i'm not interested in adding more things <laughs> to my no. life we'll just I enjoy it yeah i love it yeah if, yeah. Uh, okay. So the next question is peanut butter and jelly. This is from Zach Nightingale. <laughs> What's your ratio of peanut butter to jelly? Wendy. I'd say I like it pretty equal, but I like it like a thin, thin, smooth layer. I don't know the word. I'm you want to put the knife in there in one little swipe. One little shallow swipe of peanut butter, shallow swipe so of jelly. So it's like 50% peanut butter, 50% jelly basically mm-hmm. on your sandwich. Mine will be the same, but I want like a slobber, sliver, chunk of jelly and peanut butter and I want chunky peanut butter and I want so much that it sort of dribbles off of the sandwich when you eat it so the unfortunate part of this is when I do make those sandwiches for my children they're always complaining because they put their hand in the plastic baggie and they pull out and it's like all gooey and peanut butter but I like that that's how I want to eat my peanut butter and jelly sandwich nice and messy yeah which unfortunately makes them ask for you to make the sandwich with right. the one slice my mom makes it we should do more kid voices. That's kind of funny. <laughs> so um, this next one would be uh, in a kid voice. 
Um, if you had to pick um, elbows or shells for, for macaroni and cheese, um, which one would you choose? Doesn't that, that sound is like... a funny kid voice. Doesn't that, sound, doesn't that sound like Big Nate? Which would you... Oh my gosh, um, you guys, you... we listen to kids <laughs> to audiobooks, Big Nate audiobooks, and I just can imagine that actor doing all these crazy voices. If there's any parents out there and you haven't listened uh, to the Big Nate audio version, so it will drive you up the freaking wall, but your kids no, will be so... I, you like it. I enjoy so, it. Sometimes I turn it on, I'm like, oh gosh. It's so sarcastic. Go so back to uh, okay. uh, macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese, um, elbows or shells. That's an easy one, shells. That's from Emily Nightingale, by the way. I like the way they sit on my tongue and I like the oh. texture of a large spoonful. Elbows, that's what everyone eats all the time. That's what everyone knows, but it's kind of like, eh, it's boring. I'd like to have the, the shells. The like, shells. Yeah. Okay. You? I think I like both as well. I would just tend toward elbows because it's traditional. You're trending toward elbows because it's I traditional. Like shells too. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's trend toward uh, the Bible. How about okay. that? Let's trend toward the Bible. Your, your mother, Carol Kerr, from episode three. Wants to know your go-to, her her word was, what are the Bible passages that are your sword of the spirit? Which is like, I think, what your most favorite, what are your go-to scriptures? I would maybe phrase that like, what scriptures come to mind to you on the regular? How about scriptures that you share with your children? Where do you want to start, honey? Wow. Okay. Um, I thought she meant sword of the spirit. Like what convicts you or something like that? You think that's what that means? I don't know. Okay, we'll answer She's however you in want. in the other room right now. Oh, yeah, we've got to we say. don't even. We're in Santa Barbara, y'all. We're in Santa Barbara. <laughs> we've been given a gift of a home for the weekend. We're, like, doing a four-day weekend, Veterans Day weekend, celebrating our anniversary with our children and our in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> and our in-laws in tow. But it was a gift to have beach time and this, like, beautiful space. And uh, thank yeah. you to the person who gave it to us. So it's I'm gonna interpret this. How awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna interpret this because it's gonna also tie into another question that your aunt Betty Lou asked about. Okay. Please explain Tony's tattoos. And so because I have lots of scriptures on my tattoos, I would yeah. say uh, my go-to passages of scripture. Um, I have this one on my arm, but it's probably my most significant scripture. Comes from Matthew five. It's when Jesus is sitting on the Mount um, for his Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking to his pupils, and it says there were crowds that were gathered, and he gives all the like, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who are persecuted, right? He gives this whole message, like it's the longest recorded thing that Jesus says in Scripture, and I love thinking about this. Who was in the crowd? Well, his disciples, but also people who were just figuring him out, trying to understand. Uh, wondering, curious, questioning, right? Mm -hmm. The rejects, the fringe. And this is what he says to them. Part of them, he says, you are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill. You are the salt of the earth. A city on a hill could not be hidden. Therefore, don't let your light be hidden by a bucket, but go out and shine your light so that people may see the way you live and be changed and turn to their Father in heaven. That's Matthew chapter 5 specifically verses 14 and 16. I always go back to that one because I am always trying to remember who I am. And that scripture amongst many of them tells me, God says, you're the light of the world. You are meant to have an impact. The way you live impacts other people. And whether you realize it or not, that's the cool thing. It's not just the people who had no all of scripture because those people didn't even know Jesus at the time. That was one of his very first things he did. And he communicates to them their value, who they are. So 
that is a go-to sort of the spirit scripture for me, however you want to communicate it, a very important piece of truth that I cling to. Hmm. Um, one that I love that I go back to, the, the, there was one point in my life that I read it and it just resonated with me to my core is at the end of the book of John, John mm-hmm. 21, 22, Jesus is talking to Peter, I believe. Now I feel like I need to scroll through and just make sure I'm saying this He's right. He's talking to Peter about his death or whatever? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Peter points to John, I believe, and says, mm-hmm. um, Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? And Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. And I feel like that was definitely an important message for me that day that I was reading it because I think my temptation is to look around and go, God, what about them? Or what's happening there? Or what, why can't, um, my life look like their life or why does this person <laughs> have can to I have, have their paycheck <laughs> <laughs> or why does this person have to have that pain or why does, you know, and I feel like the message is that I can trust God to deal with individuals the way that he has mm-hmm. laid out for them and that my call is to follow him. And mm-hmm. my story is going to look different than other mm-hmm. people's stories, just like your story is going to look Canolios. different, listeners, mm-hmm. um, than the people who are around you, because your life is different, you're different, and God has different things for you. So mm-hmm. that's just an encouragement to me and a reminder for me to not look around, but to look towards him on what his plans I are. I remember that was significant when we were dating. That was a big thing you were working through. Like, okay, some people were getting married at 25 and having children, and that was not our story. We didn't get married until we were 28 and 29. So I love that. First John 4.18 is another one I go to on the regular. I'm always telling my kids that that's also one of my tattoos, which is tatted right next to an arrow, which goes back to the scripture that says children are like arrows in our quiver that we are entrusted to you know raise up and we kind of shoot arrows out into the world and they these children go out and become who they're supposed to be but i put the first john 4:18 verse right next to an arrow to remind me to pray for my kids to understand the perfect love of god that would drive away all fear and that passage is written by jesus's friend john and he talks about like when we when we are afraid uh, of God or afraid of uh, the future or whatever, we kind of have this fear that's instilled by punishment that we're doing something wrong. And the perfect love of God, the transcendent being who made us and who loved us, his whole being is of love. And we understand that is in us and that love is for us. Those fears are cast or driven away so perfect love drives out all fear first john four eighteen. one of my go-tos i love that one mm. my other one is first timothy oh what's the for god did not give us a spirit of timidity 316 but a spirit of love power and self-discipline mm. and the timidity or other versions say for god did not give us a spirit of fear mm. i always just think okay if i'm feeling fearful this is not a god thing mm-hmm. this is i need to um one s- second it. Timothy <clears throat> one it's one seven. Second Timothy one seven. Yeah, that's good, honey. That's good. Cool. Uh, any other scriptures come to mind? 
All right, cool. There's so many more we could, you know, shoot off, but those are the like two that I always go to that yeah. I pray for myself. Uh, okay, the next one, and uh, we'll just riff off the tattoos. I have a ton of tattoos. I think uh, they all go to some sort of story, significant phase in my life. So my most recent one, like when I started this new phase of uh, my Brave Maker and leaving my position with a, a church for 20 years, I got a, a shutter on my forearm, which is the part of the camera that I always like to say captures the light. And so some people think it's like this video icon thing uh, or video game, which I'm not familiar with. But I, I liked the symbol because I was stepping out into filmmaking and my ideas about film are about how do we tell stories? How do we tell stories about light and hope and truth and help people's minds awake? So that was a, the, the last tattoo that I got. Maybe you should put a picture of that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I have so many fun ones, but I'll just kind of name a few. So I have I always like tell people I have a land, air, sea theme going because my whole back has a ton of birds on it. Oh, I should say three. Three birds that represent my <laughs> three daughters and they're sparrows. And that goes back to, again, Jesus talking about if God cares about the birds of the air, how much more does he care about you? God has his eye on the sparrow. He has his eye on you. So I love that as a reminder. I have this awesome uh, goldfish koi thing on my arm that has a gold coin in its mouth. And that is another cool story. I always feel like, gosh, how interesting it's relevant today. But like all of my life, I feel like I've had to trust God for provision. You know, I grew up uh, in um, a family that we, you know, we didn't have, we had everything that we needed, but we never had like a ton. And so when I was going to college, I was like, how am I going to go to college? I was going, you know, for grants and scholarships. I got enough to go to a really nice private college for at least two years. And I left with like $30,000 owed in debt. But I remember being in that college at one time feeling like I didn't know how I was going to make my next payment and thinking anytime they were going to knock on the door and ask me to leave. Mm -hmm. And I remember God would always give me like miraculous provision. And so one time in, I think here in California, I just felt like the story where Jesus told his disciples to go catch a fish. Peter gets a fish and in the mouth of the fish is a coin and he uses that coin to pay the, the tax. Um, and so I got that, um, that tattoo because I was like, That's, I need to remind myself that God is going to prepare. This is, um, uh, in Matthew 17, God is going to provide all that we need and I don't need to worry. And so it's funny, we're going through this right now. Like when, you know, at the end of the year, our insurance, we don't have insurance. Uh, what job am I going to have? I have to feel like I have to trust. We have to trust God is going to provide all that we need. That's a mm -hmm. big deal. So this image here reminds me that God, God's got us. Any other ones you want to point out? I don't know. The I mean, peony, they're pretty cool. The flower. I have a flower yeah. as well that you, you love. You're a big flower pe peony fan. Mm-hmm. I think it's just fun that they tell stories. And so if anybody asks you, you can share all that stuff. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's like a good way to get talking about faith. And yeah, talking to people about God. And yeah. I love to, I just was at, <laughs> I was at this thing, this uh, screenwriter event last week and I brought a script and um, we did like a read through of my script and they gave me critique and stuff. And the whole script was about church culture and church life. And people always ask questions like, well, what makes you an authority? You know, like, how do, like why, why do you have to tell this story? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. And this one guy's like, what? Uh, I, I never would have packed you as a pastor with all those tattoos. 
And I loved that. I was like, oh, good. Mm-hmm. I'm, gl- I'm glad. I'm glad that you, you would not have pegged me. But it's interesting that people have they people still have that you know stigma of what a person with tattoos yeah. uh, what their life is yeah. or a person who doesn't like remember the person told me <laughs> i think i talked about this on the podcast yeah uh, the, that girl right she was swimming by me and she said my mom said your tattoos make you look like you're going to hell <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> oh, half my tattoos are about god come on okay um next one let's go deep here so how do you talk to your kids about gay marriage and gay rights and then do you want to read the second part of the question? This is in your handwriting, so I'm <laughs> scared. And how that relates to mixed... Sorry, everybody. I cannot <laughs> read his handwriting. How that relates to mixed messages they get in school or with... Church. Oh, that looks like drink to me. Oh, my gosh. Okay. My handwriting is pretty bad. Okay. So I will take that question because there's uh, this recent experience I had with one of our daughters where she asked she said hey dad um, why do some people have things against gay people and I thought it was interesting because she asked that on her own accord mm-hmm. and it wasn't something we were really talking about yeah I wonder how she came up with exactly that. yeah 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 um, which before I share do you want to talk about your parent question like theology how you always talk about <laughs> waiting for kids to ask questions. Oh. And then Yeah, I think I just appreciate like when our kids ask questions, just answering their question and not going off on a long explanation that they weren't necessarily ready for or weren't even asking in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so I try just as they've grown up when they're asking little things, then we just answer at the you know the question that they're asking and you can obviously ask more like do you have any more questions about that Mm -hmm. or did you want to know anything else Mm -hmm. but not to assume what they know or assume why they're asking what they're asking but just basically I think lots of times especially the developmental stages that they go through I think they really just want to know (laughs) <laughs> the like face value answer uh-huh. to that question so which married to a human development major is always helpful because i'm always going well let me tell like i want to give a lecture or i want to like, <laughs> make charts and diagrams and pull out the whiteboard board because i feel like i want to tell you everything there is to know about this whole thing so in this instance i was r- having that in my mind and say okay cool you want to know why do some people have things against gay people and this is our 11 year old who's in middle school and so i said well, you know what? We, we talked before because we talk a lot about what the Bible says about women or girls, right? Because having three girls, I said, the Bible says some things that gr- women shouldn't teach or preach the Bible or they shouldn't be allowed to teach men. And I said, some people look at that and they put it into a context in our culture where they, don't, they wouldn't let someone do what I do. I said, in the same way, that's how some people look at scripture when it comes to people who are gay and they don't let them have the same, you know, rights or they think god doesn't like them or god doesn't approve of them and so she was like oh okay and then she said well why can't people just love who they want to love and i thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. here this 11 year old is asking that and so i said you're right is that is a really good question um and so the cool like the cool thing for us is um you know she's had some exposure she knows people who have two moms and you know she knows my friend matt who's been on this podcast <laughs> is gay and how we talk about that is really important that god loves him god made him um you know we accept him and there are some people who don't and that's the challenge but we 
we accept and we love. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want the narrative of our family to be. And we've also been able to talk about, I mean, the Bible is a challenging space to navigate through, right? Mm -hmm. There's certain people who read it different. Um, And you always say Matt does a great job of that, of helping to communicate when, I mean, obviously Stephanie Gotelli who's asking this question. She's talking about her young children as well. So you can't go into this whole narrative. Mm -hmm. But I think as our kids get older is, helping them understand that the Bible is interpreted in many different ways and how we interpret it. We want to interpret it through a lens of love and grace. Even if you disagree with same sex couples or marriage, how we treat people is super important. Mm -hmm. And the same was not true of how people treated women in the past and people of color, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a long answer to how I try to, communicate about the mixed messages they might get in school or church. This is how we, this is our family. This is how we're going to be. And you can use that in the same way of if like we're talking about phone privileges, right? <laughs> if our kids, friends are getting phones and we're not giving phones till then or however the olds they're going to be, we say, well, this is what our family does. Mm-hmm. We're not going to compare ourselves. Um, we don't want to judge, you know, mm-hmm. th- those other people or slam them or mistreat them. We might say, you know, we have different values and that's how we're going to live it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Do you uh, want to talk some TV? Lighten oh, up a little bit. Lighten up. Okay. Let's talk about. We have a couple TV questions. What <coughs> is your favorite Game of Thrones character and why? Winter is oh coming. My gosh. This was a fun Vent- one. Who asked this one? Uh, this was Matt Nangel. <laughs> this was a fun one because we haven't watched Game of Thrones in. At yes. least six months. Yeah. More than that. Well, you put it you put it on like uh, a month or two ago, right? Yeah. Like you watched episode one, one. and two maybe and yeah. you refreshed. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just put the disclaimer out there that just because we're discussing it does not mean it's a show for everybody. <laughs> so this don't send us judgmental ooh, emails and say you're this Christian. Is a spicy show. It's we already got we <laughs> some crazy stuff. Got some boobies. <laughs> Super explicit. <laughs> I hope you understand that. Holy cannoli. This it's, isn't for everybody. It's not for it's everybody. Not for but everybody. obviously, it's for us because we, like we it. love it. <laughs> we love that. Okay, let me just say this too, okay? I'm going to have to call out my wife. What? She's the one who said, we should watch it. And I was like, I don't know. I kind of had that stigma too where I was a little yes. nervous. I was like, what if people start judging? You know, I'm like, who cares what people think? I'm so tired of that. And then I was like, binging it i loved it you got it from the the, the library because <laughs> we don't have because we didn't have hbo we're so like frugal we had to like wait for the dvds and i go- don't remember what tipped me over the edge because when yeah, it first came out i was like oh my gosh i just, all i hear is that it's nudity yeah and we don't need that we want good stories sure but, but it's a great it's, story but i didn't know that and yeah. so then i think there was just enough chatter about yeah. it that i'm like okay maybe yeah. i mean if it's too much, we turn it off and yeah, we definitely just fast forward a couple scenes, oh, but for sure. and we put the t- we put the subtitles on. I think because some of the dialogue, accent, 
some of the accents oh. were hard to hear. We're like, what? What the heck are they saying? Go back. Oh, that's funny. We couldn't understand like some of the, the thick rogue, brogue. Is it a brogue or rogue? Brogues. Brogue. Brogues. Okay, so favorite. Wow. We yeah, just we just want We off. love GOT. <laughs> I, we love it. We love Game of Thrones. So Okay, I could not even land on my favorite, honestly. You... I was like, I love Jon Snow. Okay, wait. Who doesn't love Jon Snow? Okay, everyone loves That's kind of like everyone's got to say like Jon Snow. We love okay. Jon Snow. Well, let's talk about why we love Jon Snow. Just integrity, underdog. He's, I mean, he's a hot virgin. Okay, <laughs> not the whole time. Not but, the whole time. Um, <laughs> seasons one, two, three. <laughs> for a while, he was like the the quintessential. Like every Christian girl would be so proud. <laughs> Because he was in, he was like he just had such a journey. A warrior. He was like standing up. He was a bastard too. Yes. Meaning, like like they called him the bastard of Winterfell, yeah. because his dad supposedly had bedded. We're not going to go there because I don't want to spoil don't things. Spoil. Yeah. I, I assume most people. Either yeah. You have can watched fast forward this right now if you don't want to have any spoilers. How about that? Fast forward okay. this like twenty five times. Okay. Jon Snow, great. We He's all love great, him. He's okay? great. Okay. And you get to see Understood. his butt cheeks if you like butt cheeks. Okay. I love Ned Stark's wife. I forget if it's Caitlin or Catelyn. Catelyn. I Catelyn. think it's Catelyn, but yeah. she is so fierce. She is like determined to protect her family. Mm-hmm. She'll stand up for, yeah. you know, against crazy people. Yeah. And um, so I was really sad herself. about the Red Wedding episode. The Red Wedding. That's a spoiler. So if you didn't so, watch it, spoiler. Oh, but so. You haven't Who's said. Your I, th- I thought you were gonna say. Oh, I love everybody. Tyrion. I, I thought you were gonna Tyrion. say. Oh well, that's true. Peter Dinklage. That's why I can't decide. My love wife him. loves witty, sarcastic, and I always felt like you were giggling or loving him every time he would I come was. on screen. I you am. liked I him. Do. Yeah. Peter okay. Dinklage, and I could I never what remember his name. What a name! As Dinklage. Tyrion Lannister, I, I always remember. Tyrion Lannister. Oh, you guys. So it's all about these different. I mean, you you know, if you don't watch it, you know, you get it. It's like this empire is fighting for a throne. Obvious. But I would say I'm all about the bad. Here's the adult language. Badass chicks on the show. There yeah. are so many strong female characters. And as a father of three daughters, and as a filmmaker who's all about like getting this industry to give women their equality on screen they do an amazing job so i love the mother of dragons daenerys targaryen yeah i think she is awesome because she has this superpower ability with dragons she can walk through fire she's i mean she's trafficked number one by her brother like sold to a another king in a kingdom and forced to be his like sex wife slave and then she ends up like becoming an awesome ruler and she freaking rides dragons it's just like that's badass i just think she's like meh oh i love her but i would say Arya stark yes just as equal amazing Uh, she's like the little she's like a rogue you know tween (laughs) with an attitude a little sister that could yeah and she can wield a sword and she's awesome but i also say another strong female character who you wouldn't necessarily say i think you'd like is cersei i love the villainous queen 
I think she, uh, what's the name of the kingdom? I can't even remember the name of the King's kingdom. King's Landing. King's Landing. Oh, my gosh. I feel like she's an amazing, layered, nuanced character. She's like 20% goodly and goodly. Good good mother, but 80, oh, 80%. No. Oh, she does. She cares no. about her kids. Her kids. No. Her kids, honey. She wants to raise her kids as entitled that and bratty as they are. I would not call her a good mother indulging uh, and doing okay, all okay, evil things. Okay, okay, She's You're right. 2% You're right in this way. Good. But she, ninety-eight percent awful. She's doing. <laughs> <laughs> she is so bad. I say she's one of my favorite characters, not because of her integrity, but because okay. she's so intriguing and interesting. Okay. Okay. All right. That's enough of Game of Thrones. Oh boy, right. I'm gonna go watch it now. Oh, do you want to talk anymore? We're good about that, right? Yeah. Okay. Next question, TV show. Kristen Beaver wants to know about This Is Us. Totally different. She says, do you watch it, number one? And who's your favorite character? And we both, yes, we yes, watch it. Yes, we, we watch love that. it. We love it. I cry all the time. I, I love when you look over and like, are you crying? Like, yes, I'm crying. Yes. It's such a good show. Family, dynamics, uh, and generation. Oh, my gosh. But everyone would probably say, just like Jon Snow, everyone would say Jack Pearson. But he's not our favorite character. He's no. a good dad. He's transparent. He's, you know, dealing with his, his uh, alcoholism and he's like this legend in the family. But my favorite and your favorite are the same, aren't yeah. they? Beth. Beth. We love Beth Pearson. Who's Beth? If you don't watch game or if you don't watch, this is us. doesn't mean anything to you. So fast forward this couple, th- <laughs> <laughs> couple slots up. Beth is Randall's wife and she's not a part of the original family, the big three or anything, but she's, the supporting character who comes in and she's got this witty like truth speaking oh she's so she's also kind of badass as well yeah and i love the way that she just can throw away lines they seem like they're just kind of throwaway, but i will sometimes rewind a couple of those because they're so funny and i I think i love again strong woman strong black character i love seeing those on tv because it makes me just it makes me happy the representation somebody you don't normally see you know should we say who is our least favorite character? Oh on this my is gosh, <laughs> you have a least favorite character. I do. Go do you? Go ahead. I don't really have a least favorite. No. I cannot <laughs> handle Kate. I cannot <laughs> handle her. I want to love her. I want to be for her. Obviously, I want her life to go well. But I, so many. Scenes, Why can't you handle her? Because so she's, many scenes, she's poor me, and she's like, I'm not surprised. My life doesn't go well ever anyway. So it's just how it is very victimy i understand she's had a hard life yes she's had a hard life however i want to move on from that so kate let's move on plus eight move it on girl let's get rid of the tears i just think it's good again representation here's a person of her size in a leading role and she unfortunately has to take that on because she's dealing with weight issues she's dealing with grief from her dad she feels all this you know loneliness in her life so totally I have sympathy for I her. I just want her to be strong yes. and powerful yep. and an overcomer yep. and yep. not just okay. um, sad. This is us. If you don't watch it, highly recommend. I also you don't like him as much either, but I do like Kevin. Kevin because the the Hollywood story. So it's an actor storyline from him and I totally love all the behind the scenes things and his auditioning, getting in movies and your Red carpet premieres. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you feel like, oh. <laughs> I <like> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so before we move on, any other shows we want to recommend to people? Oh. What are we watching What right are we now? watching? There's shows that we watch together. So, yeah, okay, well, The Good Place. 
Okay, yeah, good, good place. We love good place. We're binging that right now. We're uh, we didn't when it was first on TV. No, we, were we like, watched pass. it and we we're like pass, hard pass. We didn't like it mm-hmm. at all. But then people started talking about, ooh, it gets better, and there's a twisty twist. And now, oh my the gosh, the twist is good. The twist is really good. Kay. I'm totally digging that. But going to a Game of Thrones connection, we just started what? watching Bodyguard. Yes. Oh Rob my gosh, Stark. Rob Stark, the actor who plays Rob Stark, is in a new movie. Not the Bodyguard with Whitney Houston and what's his face. Kevin Costner. Costner, Bodyguard, no the. Not a new movie, it's a new series. Oh, it's a series on Netflix. Oh on Netflix. my gosh, we're binging it. We're on episode four right now. It is so good. It's an hour show, thriller, whodunit, what's happening, who's, who's good, who, who's, who's, bad, who's bad. You don't really know. Oh, it's so good. So good. Uh, what else do we watch together? Um, sorry, dead air. Oh gosh, I well, well, I can tell you what. Blackish. Oh, the blackish grandma. Oh yeah, we, we talked about her. Blackish <laughs> grandma is one of our other favorite characters on TV. We love blackish. <laughs> it's also such good racial like conversations. But this woman is probably the most underrated actress on sitcoms, and I want to work with her someday because of her fat. The fact that she can <laughs> just say a grunt uh-huh. and communicate everything she needs to do in like. Huh? Uh-huh. Huh? <laughs> 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 What's her name? Jennifer something. Oh, she's so good. That reminds me, too, on Bodyguard, how he always says mom. Oh, mom. yeah. They say, um, you know how like people say ma'am and mister? Well, I guess in England, if you're going to call <laughs> a woman ma'am, you say mom. And it's so weird because everyone's saying mom like 17 different times. And it sounds like everyone's calling their boss mom. It's the weirdest thing. But they say it like every All scene. All the time. Yeah. So yeah. watch it and let us know what you guys think. That also is not a show for everybody. No. It's rated R. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. M-A-T-V-M-A. Yeah, whatever that means. Okay. okay, any other shows? Oh, I love Trial and Error. Um, I binged that this summer. I love the mockumentary, quirky comedy type stuff. Mindy Project. loved Mindy Project. Mm. I loved 30 Rock. Yes. I loved all that stuff. Yeah, so good. Oh, man. I love New Girl. You never really watched that with no. me, but I no. can rewatch and laugh. Mm-hmm. Every single time, new girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm watching Shit's Creek. On Netflix. <laughs> You're laughing. He's watching it with headphones and the laptop, and he is busting out laughing every two minutes. I love period stuff, so I love Outlander. Yeah. No, thank you. Also, not for everybody. <laughs> Very explicit at times. Love it and pole dark. I like the PBS shows. Everything I hear a pole dark, I think of like pole dancing to me. It oh, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> okay. All right. Any other shows we want to, we'll, we'll put it out on the Facebook know. page. We'll come up with 10 more <laughs> once we stop. Okay. How did you know she or he was the one? That's from um, Natalie Matters. When Ooh. did you know they were the one? Well, we're get kind of going over on time. Okay, we're good. We're, we? we're no, it's no, we're good. We're okay. Good. Um, anybody who has been a PCC intern under the <laughs> reign of the Tony years, well, it's only has like a hundred people. So okay, I feel like we've given our little dating well, story. Okay, this is, there's a new audience here. Okay, um, how'd we know? I don't ever feel like I knew Tony was the one, which is kind of my personality. Bum bum bum. Anyway. Um, we dated on and off for probably five years, broke up, were good friends, got back together, would break up, be good friends still. (laughs) And, um, so it definitely got to a point where I knew that I loved him and I wanted to be with him, but there was so much, um, 
like standing in our way of roadblocks, hard Me, stuff. My issues. That it was like I was totally surrendered to it's okay if it's not tony then it'll be somebody else Mm -hmm. i don't really believe that there's like a one soulmate kind of situation for everybody so (coughs) (laughs) mind blown (laughs) so yeah so i feel like i answer that question that i just felt like it was a choice yeah i was growing in love with you i wanted to spend my life with you stop Stop that for a second, because I love that phrase, growing in love. Did you recognize you just Mm, used that? No. Okay. I've tried to be intentional with that phrase, because I'm not a fan of the word or the phrase falling in love, because people easily can use that word to say, I'm falling out of love. So the idea about growing in love and then committing to love has always been really important. So I would highly agree with that (laughs) phrase. Keep going. Um. I don't remember where I was, but we finally got to the point where we were on the same page and ready to take the plunge together. Uh And then, so I just feel like I chose it. Uh I knew I wanted to be with you. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to be with you too. I knew you were the one new quote unquote, when I first saw you share, we were at an event. It was like a college age young adult event. There was like this open sharing time. Who wants to share about what God is doing in their life? And those of you who aren't church people or part of the church community, you envision what people do. Sometimes it is weird and strange <laughs> and sacred. And it was one of those, someone played a, you know, some music and we were singing and people were raising their hands and praying. And then there was like this open mic. You would think like some something that happens at a cafe. And Wendy just walks up, not with a guitar, but just shares <laughs> on the microphone and tells a story. Ooh, maybe that's what got me. You told a story about how you were working at this camp and you were just finding opportunities to talk to people about God. And people were asking you questions and were wondering why you were into God. Because not everyone always is. And you you quoted a scripture from First Peter 3. Is it First Peter 3 or Second Peter 3? I feel like it's 1st. I don't know. First Peter 3, 15, I believe. And you said, um, always have a reason to give when people ask you about why you have this hope within you. And so I was like, I really like this chick. She's really interesting. Oh, look, it's the same. <laughs> oh, <submit> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked it up. It's the same passage. It says, wives, submit to your husbands. But I think it's actually a second. Oh, no, yeah. it is. It is. First Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, honor Christ. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Keep a clear conscience. Don't speak maliciously against people. Blah, blah, blah. So I just remember thinking, oh, she's sh- she cares about people. She knows scripture. She's trying to change the world and make it better. And that was when I felt like, hmm, I'm really interested in you. I wouldn't say, maybe it wasn't like I knew you were the one to marry, but I was like, yeah. that's something special. <clears throat> we started dating, we're on and off again. But there was a time when I was flying, I think, back home from Chicago. I think you had visited and we were just dating. And uh, I was coming back to California and I was on the plane. I felt as if I heard this voice or I had this moment where I was just talking or praying about you and I felt like, yep, I know she's the one, but I was in such a weird place in every way emotionally. I knew it was right, but I wasn't feeling it. I didn't know how to process it or why, why would I say that? Because I mean, the answer was I knew because you were the right person. I loved who you were. I loved how you saw the world. I loved it out of all the other women I saw in the world you seemed to stand above them with your heart, you know, so that's how I knew. Thanks, honey. Yeah. That was, okay. that was good. 
Thanks for asking that question, Natalie. Mm-hmm. But I will say how cool it is that we were both very different. I felt like I had this moment and you felt like you didn't. We mm-hmm. did a lot of praying mm-hmm. and we both obviously had to choose one another mm-hmm. and, and walk forward into marriage. And we're still choosing after 14 yeah. years. 14 years and counting. 14 years and counting. Boom. Okay, here's some um, more. Let's do some rapid fire ones okay. here. Okay, so from Ken Sly, do you have a regular schedule for recording these or is it just totally random? Ken, interesting question. <laughs> What's your answer? Totally random. Totally random. <laughs> Usually the intro is done Sunday night at midnight. But I schedule, I have to schedule, like it depends on who I have here. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to San Francisco. Oh, which side note, we can say that next week is going to be Laura Ortberg-Turner. She is a writer and author and blogger, and she's got some great stories to share about growing up uh, as a daughter of megachurch pastors, John Ortberg and Nancy Ortberg. She's from Chicago, spent time at Willow Creek Church. They're going through Willow Creek, is going through a huge scandal, and she processes that and processes her her miscarriages and her anxiety and has gone through a ton of um, just uh, challenges about being someone who loves the church in, in, in challenging times. So mm. she's going to share all that stuff next week mm, on the I podcast. That yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Ken also wants to know, how did I convince Wendy to participate in the podcast? Oh. Because he's glad that she's a part of it. The voice of reason. Thank you, Ken. I just, um, I had to threaten... Um, with cannoli for dessert. <laughs> I'll <laughs> so always get I'll it always bring cannoli home because you don't like it. I think I liked being involved in the idea part, like who to, what to do on your podcast and who to interview and stuff like that and was fine doing a little chiming in. And that's kind of how I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you keep me on? I just, I'm having fun just chiming in here and there, but I don't want to be... A consistent <laughs> hour-long guest. So no more TWQAs. Probably not. <laughs> Thank you. But this is fun. But yeah, it's I lovely. don't think everybody needs any more of that. Yeah. I, I feel like the world needs more of us talking, but you'd prefer not wow. to. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> okay, so uh, here's from Jen Atkins. How do you prepare yourself for your transition from employed church pastors to brave makers? I don't know. That's a good that's a good one. We were talking about this mm-hmm. earlier. I feel like we just kind of threw ourselves in, did our best to try and make as much, you know, transition plan as we could. But it was like we're still figuring it out. It was like building the car while it was going at 60 miles an hour type mm-hmm. of thing. And I feel like at the same time, we're still transitioning. It's only been six months. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, we knew, like I was thinking about this, it's November 2018. In December 2017, about a year ago, I was like, oh, it's time. Mm-hmm. That's when like, the, I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to to go and to start something new. Mm-hmm. And so some of the transitions starting then, just like praying yeah. and looking at options and trying to figure out. It was a lot of was angst ridden, wasn't it? <laughs> it was like scary. I think so. Yeah, it felt scary. And just like, what is next? Is LA next? Yeah. Is the Bay Area next. So it was neat to kind of whittle down, okay, it's not that, and it's not that, and it's not that. That's, I think, how it went. Yeah. Like, okay, so if it's not those things, then what is it? Oh, yeah. is it this? Then if it's this, then, you yeah. know. So really one step at a time, one closed door at a time, one yep. open door at a time. Yep. And definitely 
a faith-filled journey, like day by day, step by step, which is not how I choose to live my life. But I think that's very much what God does. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he's like, I don't, you're not even going to know what's going to happen a month from now, but I'm with you now. And here's what I want you to do next. The very next step. So it's been definitely faith building. I mean, we were just, and we're still processing the next six months even. We're going, okay, we don't know. Like, so Jen asked a question, what's the five-year plan for Brave Maker? Right. So we're still going, we, (laughs) so I know my, my, what your dream is. My big dream. Yeah. Yeah. Would be to five years from now would be to be an established community of film supporters and film screenings on the peninsula that we have a pitch tank in which we are regularly funding filmmakers. They're pitching their film projects that I have patrons who believe in the arts, who believe in the power of story to affect change in culture that are stepping forth and saying, Hey, we have an angel investor group. So let's make movies. Let's create content here in the Bay area. That's my dream is to be a renowned space where we, you know, A, we would have a space to make things and create things, and B, we're regularly churning out stories, and C, we're screening them on the regular. So we're becoming like a well-known Brave Maker Film Fest. You can count on the type of stories that are going to create community dialogue and transform our culture through these really important topics. So I'll just do a side little pitch. I'm still, we're still looking, and we don't know if it's just going to work, honestly. Um, we're looking for people to partner with us financially and to be donors for the, this nonprofit adventure. So if that's you, please contact me, Tony at bravemaker.com. This is a really important time. And we all look at the political landscape, the church landscape, just the world <laughs> landscape and go, how are we going to make change? It's through telling stories. It's through different points of view and whether they're documentaries or feature films, or look at how TV is changing culture and making people aware of things that are going on in the world and shaping how we understand ourselves, how we understand um, scripture, how we, this is like, man, this is such an important need for us as human beings to be storytellers. So that's what I really hope Brave Maker does. It makes a dent in, and also, also the artists. I am an artist and I know how hard it is to be an artist. If you listen to Indalisa Montoro speak on uh, episode seven, she talked about growing up as a creative person in the church world. And she felt as if that was never really supported. It was always like, find a practical job and the challenge of being a creative. I feel like this is God. If God is a creator, mm-hmm. we need to be supporting creators. So Brave Maker is about helping people bravely make things. And also, by the way, side note, one of the things we're doing um, is happening this Saturday. So if you are listening to this before the event, November 17th, in the Lisa at her space in San Carlos, we have about 15 spots available for creators to come and talk about what it looks like to make work and thrive on creative work in the Bay area. It's called spiral up. It's on the Facebook page. You can come and join us for a Ted like talk experience to learn more about it. But see, brave maker is going to be all about stuff like that. We want to be creating. And so please, we need to believe in creators because it's, if we don't, our culture will suffer if we're not supporting endorsing and being patrons of the arts. End of soapbox. Okay, let's wrap up with I think we have the dog 
dog question dog and the question. coffee question. What Maybe else do you have? Embarrassing moments. Oh my gosh. Okay, quick. Okay. Okay. Um, you've been dog owners now a couple of years. How has having Cubby changed you? Cubby the Labradoodle, everybody on Instagram. Cubby <laughs> the Labradoodle. I will answer this one because you haven't really changed. You've always loved dogs. You grew up with dogs. Yes. You love having dogs. I, love dogs. I did not grow up with dogs. I sad have allergic <laughs> family members who we did not have pets besides maybe one or two goldfish. So I never really saw the value. I feel so embarrassed to say never saw the value <laughs> in pets, never related to those movies like uh, where a kid is a best friend with a dog or a kid loves a whale. <laughs> I just was like, I don't get it. These aren't real people. What's happening? So. Great question, Jen, who comes um, at it knowing that I did not <laughs> love dogs. So how has Cubby changed me? I love our dog so much. Good. I miss him already. He's been away yeah, from our family for what, been on this trip. two days. Yeah. And I miss him. <laughs> I see people with their dogs. And I'm like, I want my dog, please. He is a source of so much laughter and fun in our house he is such a source of love uh, and comfort yeah. i think seeing my kids Therapy. with a dog really really that's the the bottom line for me yeah. like it's worth it to see how much comfort they get from snuggling with him seeking mm -hmm. him out loving him taking care of him mm -hmm. um and then it's gotten us out of the house we got to walk <laughs> him we got to go to fun play we got to go take him fetch we got to go let's take him to the beach it gets us yeah. out and active and i will say again probably not for everybody it's <laughs> definitely an additional yeah, mouth Being to feed. in your house, like I'm worried about <laughs> him. If his breath stinks, is he okay? Is he guys? Sick how do you take care of your dog's teeth? Because our dog will not let. No, he won't. I let mean, us and anywhere I anywhere near oh my gosh, with the toothbrush. It's just nuts, and his breath does stink at times. Help. It totally does. So. And when picking up his toys, like oh my gosh, I love this pooch so much, but then I stub my toe on a big like gnarly wiffle bone or whatever those things are called. I'm like ah. I know. His poops. Uh, his, his poops aren't that annoying. bad, though. I will say, I've had big dogs, as, and like the fact that, like, when I pick up his little turd. Okay, sorry, everybody. <laughs> anyway, it's not so bad. Got it. Um, so yeah, not for everybody, but for those families who are kind of on the fence and think, "Oh my gosh, it's so much work." Yes, it is so much work. Slash, I would say, it's worth. Yeah, it. it's worth it. Okay, embarrassing moments and Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jody Fernandez so wants Jody. to know our embarrassing moments. Jody, I wanna know yours. So how about we get you this on This isn't a Q and A, this isn't a Jody. This is this is no, she's asking you, babe. Okay. I I mean, I cannot live this down, but we were taking <laughs> an Italian class at the community center <laughs> because we are going to Italy. Red like, Morton Let's Community get a Center. Basic in, yes. Italian under our belt. We're sitting there. I feel like we were married at the time. We're dating. Uh, we were, were we? I forgot. I don't know. We are going on a trip, a mission trip to Italy yeah. um, with a crew of people. Anyway, so we're in this <laughs> lesson and the teacher is going around the room and she's saying things and then having all of us students repeat it. And so she would say like, buongiorno or whatever, and then go around the room. Everybody repeats. But one person was repeating the most. <laughs> it reminds me, there was an SNL sketch like this where they were like aliens or something <laughs> and they were saying the wrong 
thing back. Do you remember what it was? The SNL sketch? No, the, no. the real life experience. I feel like she was saying something like, buongiorno. Okay. And the person was saying back, like, <laughs> energy. Or something that was so not. It was just so wrong. And, but it kept happening throughout the hour. So yeah, from the, the first, same person. From the same person. So I started to, like, anticipate, like, oh, my gosh. So she would say, something. buongiorno. He would say, Giovanni. Exactly. Not even Italian. <laughs> it would be not Italian. And it wouldn't be the same sound. Yeah. And so... I started like, oh, no, I have that feeling where it's super inappropriate to laugh out loud. That would be Like so a fart in a church service exactly. or a funeral or Anything. something. Anything. Didn't yeah. help that you were sitting next to me and like squeezing my <laughs> I think hands I, so yes, hard. Yes, I squeezed you, you underneath. I think I squeezed your thigh oh, or something. You were dying, but you could <laughs> hold it in, but I couldn't. And so I just, she did the like, <laughs> buongiorno. And the person wrote, I mean, said back like, "Formaggi," <laughs> and I just bl- burst out laughing. laughing. <laughs> like everyone is quietly listening and respectfully listening. I was mortified. I couldn't believe that I embarrassed oh, that person. My gosh. I that was awful. I felt we so laughed bad. so much. That was so good. I think the best laughs are when you're not allowed to laugh. That's like the best oh, laugh I in the world. That. I it's love so that. hard to keep it in. Oh, it's my favorite. I don't I could not think of an embarrassing moment because um I don't know. I'm I'm Do you not, get embarrassed. I don't get embarrassed that much. I love making fool making fun of myself. Yeah. Or what's that called? Like when you degrade not degrade, when you're self deprecating. Self deprecating. But I will make a confession. <laughs> I will make a confession on the podcast that I just might <laughs> regret and it's gonna it just it sounds better with adult language. So I'm sorry for everyone if I'm losing listeners for some of the swears, but I have to say, I don't know what is the problem with my bowels lately. <laughs> but I have bowels. had bowels. what I say? Bowls? <laughs> Oh, I'm like the guy in the Italian class. No, you, you <laughs> said I it right. I just want to make sure it was really clear. <laughs> want to make sure I wasn't saying my bowels. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Bowels, everybody. I have problems with my bowels. Um, okay. So I have stomach issues. That's what I'll just take the bowels off. So I have gas all the time, and I really apologize to my wife. She has to live with me. I don't know what the problem is. I fart a lot. Dairy. Didn't we realize dairy? <laughs> what do you mean? No. What do you mean? I don't drink milk all that much. I drink dairy alternative. Cheese. I love cheese. Yeah, I do love to cheese. The doctor, the doctor was like, maybe have less cheese. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have dairy issues. I guess I eat too much freaking <laughs> cheese, but I also like Mexican food. I love just food. So sometimes I have to go to the bathroom. And it's like the most randomest times, and I'm in the most randomest place. <laughs> and I'll just say, it's not embarrassing only to me because it doesn't happen like <laughs> anywhere like crazy. Oh, I just, okay, all right. <laughs> I've shit my pants, okay? <laughs> in public. <laughs> and the worst time, and like I'm talking about like probably about five times <laughs> in my life, maybe seven. <laughs> So one time we were running. I hate running. Why was I running? I hate running. My wife, love of your wife. My wife loves to run. It's like, let's go running. This is around Woodside Road in California when we lived in our first house. I'm like, okay, we're running. All of a sudden I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> we're like a mile away from our house. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. 
I'm like, we gotta run somewhere. I'm like, please, we gotta find somewhere I can go. I'm like running down the street. <laughs> <laughs> and I see Chuck's Donuts. It's like this divey donut place that's still available if anyone knows Chuck's Donuts. And I run into Chuck's Donuts and I didn't make it <laughs> into the bathroom at time. I was like, like holding the door. I'm like, oh, no. oh crap. <laughs> so I get in there. I'm like, my <laughs> shorts are full of lunch. <laughs> so sorry, Chuck's Donuts. But I had to like, I'm gonna. This is TMI. So fast forward if you don't want to. I had to roll up my boxers in the garbage and like tie it up, and I left it there. <laughs> <laughs> and I walk out, commando. And when he's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Fine, let's just go home because I don't have any boxers <laughs> on." And poor Chuck Stillnuts has a <sighs> crappy pair of boxers. <laughs> So let's just say that's my most embarrassing thing. Uh, I mean, it wasn't embarrassing other than like in front of you because I had like poop. I'm like, oh gosh. But that's my worst fear is me having to have bowel issues when I'm going to be speaking somewhere. And now I'm not going to get invited to speak anywhere. so (laughs) brave of you to tell that story. (laughs) I'm a brave maker. Okay. I think that's it for the show, you guys. (laughs) No. uh, That's it. Um, We do have one last thing. Anything? Anything you want to say that you learned from a roommate? Oh. Uh, Jody Fernandez, how did you, what did you learn from roommates? And she probably wants you to talk good about her because she was one of your Jody roommates. Was Jody was my roommate. She was a great roommate. Um, <laughs> what can you learn? I think communication. Yeah. I lived in a couple of houses with like multiple friends, yeah. like house of four people, house yeah. of five people. Um, and just communicating when things you know, annoy you. People do things differently, right? So just talking about how do you feel about dishes in the sink? How do you feel about whatever? I think that was a great preparation for us because we had done premarital counseling and we had done a lot of work before we got married on our relationship, but we hadn't lived together. And so we like our first year was like roommate stuff like oh like you squeeze the toothpaste like that and <laughs> i like the toothpaste like this so you know communication yeah like, let's, we have our own toothpaste now we do that just solve that. <laughs> <laughs> done solved and if we could we would have our own bathrooms wouldn't we going back to that last embarrassing moment put my poor wife oh <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I need my own bathroom, but I like having separate sinks. Yeah, we don't have a separate sink. We don't sink have a separate now. sink right now. Yeah, we That's have right. de- downgraded. Um, I would say, yeah, learning from I, I, I like having my own little space in our house, like my own little side of the bed, my own little, obviously, nightstand or desk. But I like our main rooms. Like, I always feel like I'm picking things up. Like, let's just put the pillow where it belongs. Let's clean out the sink. If it's a common room, and I feel as if I learned that from living in a roommate home. Because you're all in this main space, and it would just drive me crazy if people would leave their stuff everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so being able to have that, like, roommate talk, like, hey, everyone, put your stuff in your room. (laughs) Uh, I just like that. I like that feeling of going, okay, keep the common space common. And keep your room like however you want it. You know, if your room, if you're yeah. messy in your room, then be yeah. messy in your room. And you can just close the door, so and yeah. we don't have to look at it. Yeah, so I think that was good, um, and I think that goes to to uh, office space as well. 
that mm. when you live with people and you work with people, you kind of figure out like it's that like you you shouldn't have to have a sign in your office kitchen that says if you use a dish, clean a dish. Like you, I just think who yeah. who does that? Who uses a dish and puts it in the sink in a public space when you're yeah. living with roommates or in a shared kitchen at <laughs> at work? It just blows my mind that people I know. do that. That's what you learn when you have roommates. That's what I'm telling you, yeah. You grew up differently. Oh, Oh, uh, that's true, yeah. Okay, so that's how you do stuff. I remember I had one roommate who was like, do not use my stuff, which wasn't my tendency anyway, but another roommate did use her shampoo if it was in the Uh, whatever, uh. and she was like, this (laughs) is a deal breaker for me. You do not use my shampoo. You do Mm. not use my hairspray if it's on the counter. Like, that was super important. You were living with the so. queen, the mother of dragons, bend a knee. No, she, that was like her thing. Her That's thing. fine. Yeah, oh, okay. it's good. Okay, last question. It's <laughs> a coffee question, then we're out of here. Your other oh. aunt, Martha, wants to know if you had one, one, cup, one cup of uh, French press left in the whole world, how would you take it? We you have to share it, too. You have to share the last it. cup of French roast. How would you fix um, it? We usually sweeten our coffee with agave syrup. Oh, you guys, so I love easy. agave. That's all I put in agave now, or in my coffee at so home. So how would we share it? Maybe because I like Cause you a like little half and half. Yeah, so I would do it with you. I would. Thank you. Do it how you like it, and I would drink it with you, honey. There you go, Martha. Happy little half and half, little agave. Little agave, little half half. Okay, that's it for... This episode, episode 24, I'm sorry. Q&A. Sorry you had to listen to my poop story. Enjoyed. (laughs) Please don't um, hinder that from inviting me over to your house ever. (laughs) (laughs) You just never know what's going to end up in your garbage can. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so next week we have Laura Orberg-Turner. We have a really cool um, December episode, too, of a woman named Corinne who is this awesome Native American advocate. And she actually says, if you don't have Thanksgiving plans, check out what happens on Alcatraz Island on Thanksgiving morning. If you're looking for something really cool to do that that celebrates indigenous people, Alcatraz Island has a powwow. It's available for everybody. So you'll hear more about that. I'll do a little teaser next week, and then you'll hear from her December 1st, or first week of December. Okay. Okay. Thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, If you hung in there all this time. blessings yeah blessings sorry to you sorry if we didn't get to your questions i think we got them all but i think we might have left a couple i think we skipped till next time okay Okay. peace (laughs) holy cannoli podcast is a proud production of brave maker media for more information or to donate go to bravemaker.com to make your tax deductible donation today Thanks for listening to Holy Cannoli. If you liked my dad's podcast, please subscribe, give it a review, and share it with someone you think would be encouraged by it.